All right, this is Brent Leary, and with me right now is Jim Fowler. Jim is the CEO and founder of Aller, but as you'll hear over the course of this conversation, he started doing what he's doing. Aller actually started about 12 years ago. We're going to talk about that, but Jim, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure, Brent. So uh, you start. We've had a couple, a number of conversations over the years, and they're always good ones. You started out with uh, Jigsaw back in around 2003, and once again, you you were basically using the the wisdom of the crowds to build a database of contact and account information for for companies. Uh, then you sold that off to Salesforce for a, a pretty tidy sum, I would say, back in 2010. But then you started up something called Info Army which was another kind of crowdsourcing business information kind of company. Uh, and now you're doing the kind of the same thing uh, with, with Aller. But before we jump full bore into that, maybe give us a little bit of your personal background uh, leading up to what you were doing with Jigsaw. Oh, leading up to Jigsaw, yeah. I, I had a very um, yeah, different background than most tech entrepreneurs. I... Uh, after college, I, I was a, a diving and salvage officer in the United States Navy uh, doing salvage operations um, and paying back Uncle Sam for my, my college tuition. And then when I got out of the Navy, I was uh, owner-operator of a small ski area up in uh, Idaho um, until I hit age 30, and um, that was 1995. And at that point in time, I thought I'd better get serious and... Uh, get a real job. So I, uh, <laughs> I ran away and joined the internet circus in, uh, the, you know, in 1995 and, uh, uh, got into the internet technology business then and became a sales guy, um, for a while before I, I found a jigsaw in 03. So that makes a lot of sense because sales guy, you're always looking for contacts. You're always looking for ways to, to create relationships with folks to, in order to hopefully sell them stuff. So, and Jigsaw was was something that a lot of uh, salespeople paid into to to use it's in a number of ways of speaking it. But basically, being able to go to a source on the web to find out contact information about people they could call on. So did that was that a need that you filled from your experiences as being a salesperson? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, um, I'd been you know on my third stint as a VP of sales at that point in time, and I was just frustrated with how much time my sales reps were spending, you know, trying to figure out who to contact at a target organization and needing you know a phone number and an email, you know, to, to get them and talk to them. Um, so Jigsaw was really founded out of a point of need, and what we did was, um, you know, we re just really looked at how that market was working. It was very, you know, lots and lots of players. No one really owned it. And we, we came up with a crowdsourcing model for that. It was basically a gigantic business card exchange in the sky where you could go in and say, hey, I need to know, you know, who are the people at this company? And I have, con you know, I have contact data for people at this other company, so I'm going to trade it. And that's how it worked. And it ended up, you know, creating a huge and really um, high-quality database that in, 20, you know, in 2010, Salesforce ended up buying um, Jigsaw for what at that time was a huge deal. It was $175 million, and it was one of the biggest deals of 2010. Now, heck, companies are raising more money than that in a round. <laughs> so, the ahead. rules have changed, Brent, significantly <laughs> in 2015. <laughs> well, you're, you're ahead of your time. What can you say? You know? <laughs> but, so, but so you used a, a crowdsourcing model, and I guess what, 
modern technology was back then to kind of create that business. Fast forward to 2012, after you had sold it to Salesforce and you started out with Info Army, there were some similarities. You were using, you know, you're still looking at the business information space, although I think it was a little bit more competitive intelligence um, information with Info Army. Uh, but yep. it was crowdsourced and it was m m the modern technology of the time. So talk a bit about the differences uh, from what you did with Jigsaw and Info Army from a kind of a crowdsourcing uh, perspective. Yeah, well, the, the commonalities have always been, you know, business information and crowdsourcing. And, you know, Info Army was really just designed to say, look, you know, a lot of the, the what we call the data dinosaurs back in the Jigsaw days, um, you know, the folks that have been around forever and providing business information, you know, they really haven't changed the way that they've, you know, compiled their data set in forever. And we just really felt like, you know, contact data was just one small part, very valuable part of, you know, the business information stack. But we really wanted to go bigger and, um, you know, go long. And so Informe was really about recruiting an army of global researchers who would, you know, do really in-depth reports on companies and, uh, you know, use a crowd that way. And unfortunately, Informe, we ended up raising, you know, um, you know, I funded it, you know, for our first seed round for $2 million, and then we raised another $17 million in, in, uh, in late 12 because uh, we got a lot of traction. But we found that that model really uh, didn't work, um, and we ended up um, just changing the name of the company and pivoting, which was, by the way, a very, you know, painful process. But from the, the whole concept around this crowdsourcing model, um, it just adds huge value because you end up getting the crowd to, you know, in exchange for getting a free product that has a lot of value to them, they do a lot of work on the data, which creates a very valuable data set that large companies pay a lot of money for. That's exactly how Jigsaw worked, and that's exactly how the Informi and Owler models work as well. So let's talk about Owler now, because you, you mentioned that uh, the model didn't quite fit, or didn't quite work the way you expected with InfoArmy, but you're still, with Owler, you're still... You using the kind of the wisdom of the crowds approach, and you you're still using modern technology. But how are you applying it now when it comes to Aller? So um, uh, the Aller is just much more open. It's completely free, um, and hopefully all your users are either using it or will after they hear this. Um, but what it does is it helps people keep um, on top of their competitive set. Um, they get these um, um, weekly showdowns that show them what how their company is doing versus their competitors, and they get daily snapshots, which give them information about, uh, you know, their companies, their competitive set, their customers, anyone they want to follow. Um, but what happens is the users come in and interact with this data. Um, and that's what, like, for instance, um, um, some of these weekly showdowns will show, you know, revenue estimates and how um, the companies are doing revenue-wise amongst many other factors. And the, our users actually um, go in there and, and with a wisdom of crowds, um, you know, give their estimates. And when you combine it all, you get a really high quality there. Um, but we also do other things like news and alerts, um, where we, we also use a, a combination of technology and people. Um, so we actually have a team of people that process. Um, we have, you know, news feeds. We get business news feeds from about 5,000 global sources and technology handles most of that, um, but what happens is we have a team of people that actually make sure that it's high quality. Um, other, a lot of your listeners 
you know, probably use Google Alerts. And that's a pretty frustrating experience. Google's an, an amazing technology company, but technology can only take you so far down the road. And there's just a lot of noise with Google Alerts. You get, you know, tons of different emails. So what ours does is just brings it all together. If you're following 50 companies, it's just going to give you one, one email that shows what is all the news and alerts on those companies um, that's really super high quality without all that, all the noise, if you will. So let me, uh, this is really interesting because now we're, we're 2015 getting ready to go to 2016 and technology, the technology available is, is just amazing in a lot of instances. But what you're saying, at least it sounds like is you're using that amazing technology that's at your disposal to enhance what humans do in the business model, not to try to take over or cut out, you know, what humans do. Yeah, so let's, let's take a quick example. We have another product that's also free um, called Special Reports. A lot of people are really interested when a company receives funding or a company gets acquired. Well, right now, the way that most people have seen you know, that data come out is they'll just see a headline that says so-and-so got bought or maybe so-and-so got bought for X dollars or so-and-so received this much money. Um, and then they got to click in and try to read this article to get all the data they want. Well, what we do is we go in and we, we create a special report that shows, you know, gives a quick one-sentence description of the company. We're pulling data from, you know, the profile on Alder.com, you know, what their funding history is, who funded them, um, who their competitors are, and how their competitor, you know, how much revenue their competitors are doing, estimated by our community. It just gives a full picture, plus all the news articles that talk about that funding or that acquisition, so that you can just see it in one place. Well, um, if you just use technology to try to do this, you, you would get a lot of noise in there because it's really, it's a lot harder than it looks to figure out that, you know, the, the article is actually about Apple. Apple gets mentioned in millions of articles. Um, to know that it's actually about Apple is to just do it with technology is really hard. What technology can do is say, we think this is an article about Apple and we think it's an Apple acquisition and we think this is the company that they did, and we think this is it. But what you need to do is create a task that gets prioritized very highly that a human looks at really quick, checks at all the data, and goes, ah, that's right, we're good, and then sends it off to the people. Um, otherwise, you get a lot of noise. Um, and so what I'm getting at is that the technology can get you way down the road, but you need humans to get you all the way down the road for if you want high-quality data. Very good. Uh, this is... Uh, you got to compare it to, I guess, you've made a number of different changes throughout your kind of, you know, where you started with uh, Jigsaw to where you are with Owler in terms of tweaking the model, leveraging the technology. But it's at the, at the heart of it all, it's still been about kind of leveraging the intelligence that actual humans have. How, if at all, has the model changed for the more traditional business data sources like uh, Dunn and Bradstreet have, you know, have they morphed to, to take advantage of the, the, uh, the, 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 what's available today, or is it still pretty much the same business model? You know, it's pretty much the same business model. They'll go out there and, you know, talk about, well, we've got this technology and that technology, and, you know, there are some good technologists there, certainly. But the reality is that they just don't innovate. Um, many of the big guys have tried crowdsourcing models and completely failed. And I think it's just because it's not in their DNA. Um, you know, if you don't start from the very beginning 
with the crowd in mind and what they want and make sure that they're equal partners in your business model, then it is destined for to failure. I've spoken on stage about this many, many times. But what crowd models do do for you, it's, it's, it's like what I call the Tom Sawyer effect. You're getting people to paint your picket fence. But in this case, they're getting more value back than they're giving to you. You know, in, in Jigsaw's case, it was free. You know, by the way, people had a pay option in Jigsaw. So each of these models is a little bit different. At Jigsaw, you could go in and either trade data you have for data you needed, or you could just pay for the data you wanted. At Owler, what we do is it's so many people use it. We get a lot, you know, we're, and we're getting more and more interaction on it. We're getting such value, we can just keep it free and open. We want every single, we want millions and millions of business professionals using Owler every day for free as part of their, you know, their their workflow every day. This is how they do it. This is how they keep track of their competitors, their own company, their customers, their prospects, etc. So every single one of these crowdsourcing models must, it has a different mechanism but it must provide value to the crowd because once you get that, they're doing the work for you. You're just providing a platform for them to do it. And that's why these models are so valuable. Companies like DMB, they have to either build their own technology to do it, which only will get them so far. And then they have to actually pay people to do it um, all the time. And, and, you know, when you do that at scale, it just doesn't work. It's, it's too expensive. And that's why DMB is so expensive comparatively. So I, I think my final kind of question around this is you've been looking at leveraging the wisdom of the crowds for over a decade, 12, 13 years with, through Jigsaw to Info Army to what you're doing with Aller. How has the crowd changed? What's been the most significant change you've seen in the actual crowd, the people, um, not the technology, but just the people? Huh, that is a great question, Brennan. It, I think that they've changed in the same way that we all have. Um, we all are just overloaded with information. So we have, um, you know, getting people's time and um, getting them to pay attention is much more difficult now than it was back at the beginning of Jigsaw for sure. Um, getting uh, journalists and analysts to talk and write about you is different, you know, because there's so much going on. In fact, a lot of the big publications are, don't even exist or don't write about it anymore. Um, you know, and it's, you know, the, it's become much more um, flat, if you will, more, more players in it. So that's interesting. But I just think the biggest thing is this people, there's so much stuff flying around out there now um, that really making sure you have a crisp, clear message so that they understand the value is even more important than it ever was. And that, that's just been the big change. People are more sophisticated. They're more, they know how to use data. Um, and... I see that trend continuing. I would assume that means their their expectations have changed dramatically from where you began to where you are now, too, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's an old saying that all businesses are information businesses now. <laughs> and I agree with that. I mean, you know, information is what makes all businesses run, no matter what they do. Manufacturing to just pure, you know, information businesses. And uh, I just think that it... it uh, the companies that make it easier for people to get the information that they need to be successful, those are the ones that are going to be the big players moving forward. I had a great conversation with Jim Fowler from Aller. Uh, Jim, where can people go to learn more about what you're up to and how they can use Aller? Uh, just go to www.owler.com, O-W-L-E-R, just like it sounds. 
great.